0: a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Ridge. I am Gable Maranci. We're breaking it down. March Madness, Major League Baseball. We're we'll getting some NBA. Uh, but just taking a look at these overnight baseball lines uh, right now. And I'm surprised to see that the Boston Red Sox... I talked about this on Friday show. And I said, we'll see... How long it takes for them to catch up, like basically where everybody playing Boston is just going to be like minus 200 type thing, right? And they haven't yet. Tampa are a good team. We know Tampa are a good team. And Tampa are minus 126, minus 126 overnight price against the Boston Red Sox right now. Like, how, how do you not take that? How, how, how do you not take that? Uh, San Diego, a minus 180 against San Francisco. They go 3-1 uh, and one, uh, out of the gate. Uh, the Dodgers, minus 152 road favorites in Oakland. I don't know how the hell the Dodgers are opening up on the road like this. They're World Series champions. You have them in Colorado, now you have them in Oakland. It's ridiculous. Uh, it, it is. Uh, the Astros and the Angels, minus 122. The Angels are favorites. And, you know, when it comes to baseball, guys... You know, underdogs, 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 or small favorites, but you you get in trouble playing big favorites in baseball, and even, like, big favorite parlays, they always get busted up. Uh, New York Mets are minus 235. These guys haven't played a game yet. Minus 235 on the road uh, against Philadelphia. Yeah, I get it. Uh, Yeah, you got Jacob DeGrom going for the New York Mets, but... Yeah, a home team plus 194 in baseball, that's hard to uh, to pass up. So we'll continue to kick the tires on the uh, the overnight baseball uh, numbers. College basketball, point spread sits at four and a half. There hasn't been any line movement, it's uh, sitting at 159 and a half. And although the total does sound high, when when you consider how explosive Gonzaga are and how good Baylor's offense is, you understand why the total is what it is. And I was actually surprised to, to recall and see 85-77, the last national championship game with uh, Texas Tech and Virginia. Who would have thought those, those two would get to uh, 162 points. So you can't be betting the under. We'll start to uh, figure this out. You know, I want to take the under in the first half of this. Just out of principle, man. 77 points, a lot of points. Like, even if Gonzaga score 40 points, it doesn't mean it's going to go over 76. Take what you got. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Countdown to tip-off is on. Bring it.
0: Come on. Admit it. You do your own play-by-play in your head when you play horse. Don't you? (laughs) You do you, bro. We are the sports Grid Radio Network.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge?
3: Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling.
2: Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.
0: It's not your wife, it's not your kids, it's not your neighbor, and it sure isn't your boss. Only we understand you. We are your friends. You're listening to The Winning Edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. You're listening to Sports Grid Late Night with Gabe Marinci on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. My name's Bobby
4: and I am an addict.
5: Hey, Bobby. Bobby. Bobby.
4: You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here because you are terrible gamblers. Okay, Bobby. These folks don't need to stop doing what they're doing. They just need to get better at it.
1: Sunday, buddy, Sunday. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Brancy. Babano's going to join us in a couple of minutes. Uh, we'll get into the pucks uh, with Babano. We'll talk basketball. Uh, We've got Matthias kicking it in Los Angeles uh, with us uh, right now. So uh, what would you think, uh, Matthias? Uh, I'll get your thoughts on this before Babano steps up and in. Epic, epic, epic game. Epic, um, epic game on, on Saturday. And like I said, as good as it gets, like, Suggs hitting that shot, bro, <laughs> banking it, banking it in like that to send them to the national championship as good as it gets. Uh, how'd you do with your bets? And uh, what do you think about the championship game now? Who are you taking?
5: Oh, game! I-, I absolutely love the game on Saturday. Obviously not the Houston Baylor game, but we're obviously talking UCLA basketball right now, man. And. Uh, how about Cody Riley in the game that he played? I think that everybody expected Juzang to play that, you know, to play the same way that he's been playing all tournament. But Riley having that game that he did, uh, you know, against Gonzaga, you know, those mid-range jumpers, those – I think he made the most timely jumpers, you know, in that game for UCLA to really keep them, you know, in the scrap. So I think he gave them a great chance to win. Shout out to Cody Riley, man. But that was one of the best college basketball games I think I've ever seen. And like you said, it was a back and forth affair. High, high, high level basketball on both sides. Can't wait to see who drafts Johnny Juzang, man. That that was a talk around yeah. my house on, on Saturday night was, where is Johnny Juzang going to land? Because everybody wants him on their NBA backcourt right now, man. That guy is must-see television. What a great shooter he is. But, you know, it, but I think the better team won. At the end of the day, I think Gonzaga was the better team. And we get to see the two best teams in the country tomorrow. You know, I was telling this to my friends. When's the last time we actually get to see the two very best college basketball teams of the year kind of face off in the NCAA tournament championship? Because usually, you know, unlucky things happen in the tournament and the two best teams don't show up. You know, there's always one that goes down, you know, in some sort of fashion. But I think that this year we get the two best teams. uh, Baylor and Gonzaga have shown that they are the best teams in the country and we get to see them tomorrow night.
1: Oh, as good as it gets, yeah, right? And that's the thing, Baylor. You know, just because they blew Houston out, people aren't talking about them as much. But what? You know, it was just a dominant, dominant uh, performance, and they match up, man. This is not going to be an easy game uh, for for Gonzaga. As far as UCLA is concerned, just an epic run. Um, as Big Man brought it up too. You know, they didn't have Jalen Hill. Um, you know, they were missing multiple players, and you know, you just look at the. You look at this program, and it's just going to be on the rise now. Like this, it's not. It wasn't a one-off with UCLA with Mick Cronin. I think the Pac-12, as successful of a tournament as they had, is going to help recruiting immensely. The financial, um, the financial impact is massive, guys. Right? Like you know, the conference gets money for each game that they win. Right? In, in the NCAA tournament, because you're on TV, and like the school gets money, and the conference also gets money. And, you know, they, dude, they went like 15 and three or something like that, right? So they won a ton of games. They racked up a ton of money. The Pac-12 credibility is, um, is back right now. And you're going to see recruiting, you know, the blue chips are going to start to flow in, I think, not just at UCLA, but um, the USC Trojans as well. You know, it's all about getting to the NBA for kids, right? And If they see, all right, look, if I play for the USC Trojans, yeah, I can get to the NBA like Evan Mobley. So looking at the NBA mock draft right now, um, it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, if Kate Cunningham does go first overall. Like, basically, you've got Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley. So Kate Cunningham, Oklahoma State. Evan Mobley, the seven-footer from the USC Trojans. He's sort of projected to be, you know, two. It seems like Cunningham is the number one pick, but that's not set in stone. You got Jalen Suggs, who hit the shot. Jalen Suggs hit the shot last night. He's projected to be, you know, like the third pick. Then you got Jalen Green, who's actually in the G League. Uh, um, You know, a couple of other guys in the G League. Scotty Barnes, good player from uh, Florida State. Moses Moody is projected as a lottery pick, and. This kid, you know, he's in a weird spot, Moses Moody. Only because you, you got to go to the NBA, I get it. If, you know, the NBA's going to pay you with this, you take the money and you go, but you saw that he had he had problems like at the college level, like under, you know, under the spotlight. When things got real, he looked like a kid, bro. You know, you could tell that yeah, he's he's still young this guy. But like I said, he's too good to go back but i'm saying him going into the nba he's gonna have problems in the nba bro as a rookie like he's not he's not nba ready yet you know what i'm saying
5: it's so tough for these kids who are projected lottery picks to go back to school though you know i'm yeah you can't go back exactly you can't go back if you're a projected lottery pick you gotta go You know, I learned that you know years ago. I was always the type of guy that thought to myself, if you're not ready for the NBA, you shouldn't go because it could ruin your career. But you know what things happen along the way in your journey that could really take a major setback. And you gotta get the money when you can. You gotta go. You gotta go, man. And you know what's crazy? Franz Wagner is a projected lottery pick. I can't believe I'm saying that because I definitely don't think he's ready for the NBA, but he's projected to be a late lottery pick. And I'm thinking to myself, he has to go. I did not think he should go, but you know what? If you're a projected lottery pick on a bunch of mock drafts right now after the performance that he had against UCLA, it's kind of crazy, but you got to go.
1: Yeah, I know. It it is crazy. And in fact, if you recall, remember when we talked about the criteria to win the championship and basically you need NBA talent on the, on the floor, right? And that, that was the gist of it. Uh, A first round draft pick talent. And we said, well, Michigan doesn't really have that, but This is what, it's amazing. Like you said, it's like coming into the tournament, the highest ranked Michigan player, as far as the NBA board was concerned, was Isaiah Livers. And Isaiah Livers is a second round projection, right? So a second round pick. He's going to get drafted. Like some people have him. You know what I mean? He was at one point like a late first rounder, but like whatever, late first round, second round. But some people have him like, you know, 45th and stuff like that. Like, Wagner came out of nowhere, Matthias, right now. Do like, you know what I mean? And I don't see it either. I, he's not a lottery pick. And I, love, I love the kid. Look, I'm a Michigan fan, but if I'm an NBA team, I'm not drafting this kid in a lottery. He's not an NBA team. He's not a lottery talent.
5: I don't even think we saw him play great in the tournament. I think we saw him have some moments, you know, key parts in the second half where he got a, a quick 10 points. But... Overall, I never saw Franz Wagner dominate one game from start to finish. And I didn't see it a lot all season long, to tell you the truth. I by no means thought that Franz was going to go into the NBA. When I started reading these articles about these mock draft guys calling Franz Wagner, you know, an easy 10 to 13 pick in the next NBA draft. I could not believe what I was reading, man. But you know what? It's not just three guys. Everybody thinks so. And I I don't know, man. I'm not. No, I know. I I see
1: him here. I see him here ranked 11th he's actually ranked 11th on on, on, a, on a respected uh, NBA mock draft yeah, board so, so like yeah it's not just one one or two guys it seems to be consensus you know what's crazy to me though so how could Wagner be 11 and drew Timmy 41 like drew, died, drew Timmy's you know? yeah ranked 441
5: um, you
1: know yeah yeah but and listen as we stated you've got to take the money when you can get it right? And if you're Moody, and listen, it all depends on what team you go to and 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 how you fit in. But I was just stating, Moody is young. Like, you could tell he's still young, and he's not ready to be thrown into the NBA now. But as we stated, he's too good to go back. You, 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 you've got to take the money. Kispert. Kispert is projected another lottery pick, too. And I don't know. I don't think he's a lottery pick talent. I like him. Kispert, to me, is good. Yeah, he's an NBA talent, but he's not a lottery pick to me. Ian Cameron's going to step up on it. Babano breaks it down. The late night anger matchup class continues.
3: Bring it.
0: We should come with a warning label. Caution. 24-hour sports talk may cause mild addiction. Get on the grid. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
2: Sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.
0: We're everywhere. Radio. The internet. TV. Satellite. And our mobile app. We make it easy. Like real easy. In fact, if you're not listening, it's you. It's always you. Slacker. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network.
1: Night Anger Matchment Class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Marantzzi. We're throwing it down. The countdown to tip-off is on. Let's bring in Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Bob Bano, to break it all down. Bob Bano, always a pleasure. How are you doing tonight?
4: Seems like we just wasted our time with college basketball from November until April the 4th. We could have just said, you know, many months ago, Gonzaga, Baylor, guys, you're, that's going to be your national championship. But the national championship we all wanted, the national championship we all expected, it's here, and I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it, Babano? Everybody said, you know what, Gonzaga, Baylor, Gonzaga, Baylor. I have it in my bracket as well, and I'm thinking to myself, why the hell didn't I just bet on Gonzaga and
4: Baylor, both, uh, both futures? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you don't know with the tournament. That's exactly why you don't necessarily knee-jerk and bet it right away. But it seemed like all season long, Gabe, these were the two teams on paper that from start to finish, everybody goes through peaks and valleys, but you can't argue that from start to finish, the two best teams in college basketball this season have been Baylor and Gonzaga. They've been the most consistent, they've been good in November, and they've been good right through until here in early April. So they're deserving of being where they are.
1: That was an unbelievable game. I've, I've seen, you know, listen, I, I tweeted about it after after the game, and I said that's as good of a college basketball game as I've seen in the NCAA tournament, and it really was. It had, a, you know, just had it all. And, man, you've got to tip your cap to this UCLA Bruins team, uh, Babano. What a run. They had the best team in the country on the ropes. It takes a buzzer beater uh, to, to to beat them. But i got to tell you, I said this earlier, too, and I don't know if I'm just um, – I don't know if it's because uh, I'm hungover and I'm just – I don't know. I'm, I'm kind or something right now, Babano. But I said it all the way through the, the tournament, actually, though. That the, the entire tournament was great, bro. Like, the tournament itself was as good of a tournament. Like I said, like, if you want to rank all-time tournaments, it was already probably the best tournament for battle. And then you had that ending to that game, and we still have one one clash left. As good as it gets, this NCAA tournament was.
4: That game was as good as you could ask for. And for someone that lost Gonzaga bets in that game, I said on Twitter after that, I'm almost willing to accept the loss of the Gonzaga wagers in that game in exchange for that game being the absolute classic that it was. And that's exactly what we saw, an outstanding basketball game, full march to UCLA, to Mick Cronin coaching that team up and doing everything in his power to have his team ready to face some of these behemoths that they've had to face, slowing down the pace, playing good defense, getting step-up contributions offensively from Johnny Juzang was just amazing throughout this tournament. I don't know what more you can say about that guy other than his draft stock has gone way up based on his performance uh, in the tournament, making an incredible shooting at a ridiculous percentage. You're not supposed to shoot that way uh, in the NCAA tournament, make uh, over 50% of your shots. He was able to do that. Uh, Cody Riley was terrific in the championship game for UCLA uh, as well, even in the losing effort. Tiger Campbell, the point guard, for ucla was looked at as a guy gabe going into that game under intense scrutiny knowing that if he doesn't play well and if he turns the ball over against that gonzaga team it's going to be lethal and it's going to be bad news but he played about as well as you could have expected it was a classic jalen suggs winning it with the three-point shot banking it in at the buzzer and as someone astutely pointed out on twitter when you get a sean mcdonough voice crack you know you've witnessed a classic and we sure saw that saturday night
1: ian cameron kicking it with us so you know, we wondered after and like you, Babano, I was on Gonzaga minus the points, and I had um, I had Gonzaga in the first half minus the points. Well, you know, listen, dude, they covered every first half throughout the tournament, right? And they covered every point spread. So why, you know, why wouldn't I go back? I did hit the over. Um, it was a little frustrating because I was on uh, Baylor in the first half and I had Baylor in the game as well. And I was thinking, oh wow, man, I'm going to go like four or five and 0 oh tonight, <laughs> right? And I ended up going ended up going three and two, but. I got to tell you, I played a I played a Gonzaga future, Babano. Um, I played them to win the uh, win the regional, get to the final four. I cashed that, and then I sort of just flipped it over, and I said, you know what, they're gonna they're gonna win the tournament, and it was like minus one ninety, but it's crazy that it's only minus two hundred right now. And we wondered, we knew about the advanced line. Uh, Steve Merrill brought this up on Friday, Babano, that Gonzaga would be five and a half point favorites against Baylor, uh, and ten and a half. Um, it would be um, it would be uh, it would have been uh, 10 and a half against Houston. So and I said after the Baylor performance, I said, oh, boy, we'll see. You know, they look so good. We'll see if it, co- it comes down. And it does after Gonzaga struggles with UCLA. So sitting at four and a half now, Babano. And it's funny, I played a future minus minus one ninety after all that, whatever. It's minus 200 right now. Baylor's plus 168 on the money line.
4: You know what's scary about Gonzaga? And Jay Billis said something after that game uh, on ESPN Saturday night, and he was absolutely 1,000% right. The game UCLA played Saturday night would have been good enough to beat every other team in college basketball other than Gonzaga. I honestly believe that. I mean, I think they would have probably beaten any other team that was up against them that night other than Gonzaga. But Gonzaga is just so good, you know, that they just found a way to overcome what was not maybe their best performance, especially defensively. You know, it was not Gonzaga's best performance whatsoever. And UCLA played, you know, about as good a game as they could ask for. And still, it wasn't good enough to beat Gonzaga. And now Gonzaga comes into this game. And you're right. There's been a little bit of a downgrade in the number. Based on Gonzaga struggles, Baylor dominating Houston on Saturday, there's no question. But when I look at the box score for Gonzaga, you know Drew Timmy was a monster in that game. He was outstanding, 25 points, 11 of 15 from the field. He took the the, the just imperative charge late in the second half to make sure that game got to overtime. He did it all for Gonzaga, but they didn't get great performance. Kispert has had much better offensive games than he showed against UCLA. Uh, I think there's room for improvement from even Suggs was not great defensively and offensively at the big shot at the end, but was up and down throughout the game. There's so much room for improvement for Gonzaga going into this game against Baylor, and I feel like if they bring anything that's just as that's even remotely better than what they showed you against UCLA. I don't see how they don't win the national championship on Monday night. And I feel you're getting a somewhat of a bargain point spread with Gonzaga here based on the results that we saw from those two respective teams on Saturday. Gonzaga struggling, life or death to beat UCLA. And, of course, Baylor dominating Houston. And this is someone that's been betting Baylor every single game, you know, down the stretch of this tournament. But you got you got to pick someone, you know, here in the national championship game. And for me, I think it's Gonzaga. I think it's Mark Few's time. I think it's Gonzaga's time. I look at the fact that they played maybe their C-minus game on Saturday and yet still managed to get here to the national championship game. I think there's absolutely no way Baylor can play any better than they did against Houston. Everybody was shooting the three ball. Houston couldn't make shots. Houston couldn't handle the basketball. That's a big difference between Houston and Gonzaga. Houston treated the basketball like a hand grenade, turned it over way too much. Gonzaga's not going to do that same thing. They're very good usually in terms of handling the basketball, not turning it over. I think that could be the difference in the end. I like Gonzaga to win the championship when you look at the championship game, most of the time, the team that wins the game covers the number. So I don't really mind laying four and a half. I think Gonzaga's your champion.
1: Ian Cameron kicking it with us. And, you know, it's interesting, but as we stated, so people, you know, the number comes down a bit. And, you know, I get it. You know, Baylor looks as good as they did. But I don't look at, like, Gonzaga negatively now. Like, oh, maybe they're not as good as, you know, everybody thought they were. Now it's almost scarier if you're Baylor. As you know, they they went into deep waters. It's like a fighter, Babano, right? Like, you know what I mean? They always say, you know, like a fighter that's dominating everybody all the time. And we say, well, we've never seen them really have to, you know, have to battle, have to dig down deep. Well, we saw that. We saw Gonzaga dig dig down deeper than anyone ever imagined that they would have to. And as you stated, UCLA played a perfect game, and Gonzaga just kept responding and responding and responding and Baylor played a perfect game like Baylor literally played a perfect game and you have to wonder if how can Baylor do that again Babano you know what I mean did they peak a game too early so to speak and let's be real the Houston Cougars uh, albeit good they're not Gonzaga it's not the same beast that they they, that Baylor has to play now Babano
4: and I don't want to disrespect Houston by saying this because Kelvin Sampson's a great coach Sasser, Grimes, and Giroux are outstanding players on that Houston team. They play outstanding defense. They shoot threes. They rebound the hell out of the basketball. The way they can offensive rebound, I mean, I've never seen many teams do that. To the level houston did this year but with all due respect to them that game against baylor was houston's first game this season against a top 20 opponent think about that i know their record is great but it was their first yeah. game all season long uh, against a top 20 opponent and as much as they're a good, good team they just weren't battle tested you know they're feasting on a down weak aac conference most of the season like memphis was good wichita was okay and then the rest of that conference was hot garbage in my opinion that's just my thought But I didn't think much of that AAC this year. And Houston's feasting on all these teams throughout conference play. They didn't test themselves quite as much as other teams in the non-conference. And they were up against a Baylor team that's elite at both ends. They have the guard play. They have the bigs in down low to make sure they negate the Houston rebounding edge. They can play defense. They have an inside-out game. And it was just way too much, and it overwhelmed Houston. So with all due respect to Houston, Baylor, and a great win, dominating win, outstanding performance. But I think is going to throw a lot more at Baylor than Houston did on Saturday.
1: Well, as as we both stated, Babano and has been brought up. It's kind of crazy though that people thought all year Gonzaga and Baylor were just sort of on another level of everybody, and and here we are. It's rare in sports, guys, that everybody's right. I guess that's what I'm trying to get. At. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's like I'm, that's why it almost bothers me, Babano. Like I said, I have it in my bracket. I have Baylor versus Gonzaga. And we said it'll be Baylor versus Gonzaga. It'll be Baylor versus Gonzaga. So I'm almost just, you know, almost angry that I'm not richer uh, because of this now, knowing that these two teams uh, would end up uh, getting here. But this Baylor team, guys, uh, and it's amazing, too, that it's just like it's destiny that they play each other now. They were supposed to play each other in the regular season, but Baylor had COVID issues, so they never played. Now we get uh, we get the head-to-head matchup, the Baylor Bears and the Gonzaga Bulldogs. We're breaking it down with the battle. Sports race late night continues. Bring it!
0: Remember that state championship game you played in high school? Yeah.
2: We, we can't get over it either.
0: This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
3: Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling.
0: believe it or not you can listen too much to us i mean it's possible get to know your family again did you know your wife (laughs) cries herself to sleep every night that's what she told us this is the sports grid radio network you're listening to sports grid late night with gabe marinci on sports grid radio sirius xm channel 204
1: Late-night anger for class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Renzi We're busting it up and chopping it up and breaking it down with Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano. It's the national championship. Uh, point spread, four and a half. Uh, we didn't get into the total yet. It's 159 and a half, Bob uh, Babano. So looking at the number here, as I mentioned earlier, guys, uh, Gonzaga, minus 200 on the money line. Uh, Baylor, plus at plus 168. Total, 159 and a half. You know it's amazing, Babano. We, you know we were just saying about how the narrative actually played out, and it's rare that that happens. But one narrative that was brought up all week, last week, was, well, UCLA are going to slow the game down. UCLA don't want to run with these guys, right? <laughs> and we saw what happened. No, they did run with them, and they nearly beat them. But man, now we got a massive total uh, here at 159 and a half. Both the first half went over yesterday, uh, Babano. But it doesn't mean that it's going to happen again. And I'm seeing a first half total of 76. It's the highest first half total I've seen in this tournament. Over, under 76 in the first half of battle. What do you think? Are we going to get a little bit of a slower start? Like, I don't, you know, I get it. Both these offenses are potent, but I think the total is pretty high to begin with, bro.
4: Really high, really high. And I guess you could say Saturday was the revenge of the overs uh, because this hasn't necessarily always been a good tournament for over betters. but both games go over the total on Saturday. You need a little late fortune for the Houston-Baylor game, but the UCLA game uh, with Gonzaga flew over the total with room to spare. As far as this game you know, with the total, well, we know with Gonzaga, uh, the first half overs have been uh, very good. Uh, the first half team totals with Gonzaga, have, I think, are perfect to the over so far in the tournament. Although that, of course, from a point spread standpoint, that was the first time Gonzaga failed to cover in the first half of the game against UCLA. But the the team total still went over for Gonzaga uh, in the first half. So that's why it's tricky. Gonzaga's had no problem putting up a 40 spot, you know, in every single tournament game in these first halves. And so while I like to usually think in a national championship college basketball game or in a national championship college football game maybe we're going to get a slow start a little bit less points they're just such a good offensive team starting games gonzaga that it's difficult to think that the the scoring is going to be slow or maybe not be as much early in the game so it's tough all around i definitely don't want any unders not in this game not with these two offenses not with what i've seen from them uh, the last two games the one thing about baylor is look ucla Just sliced and diced Gonzaga for a good part of that game. You know, I'm sure they're going to shore things up a little bit, but Baylor's definitely got more ability to do that on the perimeter with Mitchell, with Teague, and with Butler. And and then you've got all all of a sudden Jonathan uh, Chachua down low, who's becoming an offensive force, along with, uh, you know, you've got the other big man, Mark Vidal, you've got Flagler, you've got Matt Meyer. Nobody's talking about this guy, Matt Meyer. What a game he had for Baylor uh, against Houston. There's just so much more that Gonzaga has to worry about uh, defensively in this game. So it's difficult. And on the flip side, look, going from Houston offensively to Gonzaga offensively for this Baylor team is going to be night and day. You know, Houston just doesn't give you a whole lot of, of inside-outside. You know, they, they shoot the three well, but they don't get consistent mid-range game. They don't have a bunch of guys that can put it in around the rim. Uh, Baylor, uh, sorry, Gonzaga does. Look what Drew Timmy did. Drew Timmy's just an offensive machine around the in the paint, around the rim. Look what he did Saturday against UCLA. So while I think the is high, Gabe, there's just too much... Weaponry and offense on both sides, inside out perimeter guys, inside guys, where I feel really safe taking an under. So it's tough. Total's high, but I would still probably only look toward the over in it.
1: It really is amazing how consistent Gonzaga's offense has been, guys. They averaged ninety-two points a game uh, in a regular season. You look at the tournament; they had ninety-eight on Norfolk State, eighty-seven Oklahoma, eighty-three on Creighton, eighty-five on USC, and then ninety-three. On UCLA, so the least points they've scored, Babano, in this tournament was against Creighton, and they put up 83 points, and and it's kind of you know, and it, it's you have to note with with Gonzaga, they're always blowing teams up, so they could score more, right? They could score more if they had to, but they don't have to. So their offense has gotten into the 80s uh, with every game. Baylor, not so though, Babano. Like I said, and I'm with you. And listen, I'm you know it's hard to want to be betting an under against either one of these teams uh, right now. But and you know I'm an over bro. Yet I I'm thinking long and hard, and we've got time to figure it out. We'll see if there's any movement on this. But I can't man, 77 points, a lot of points for battle in the first half. Like think about, it, let's say 40 like, 30, it still stays under. You know what I mean? Like to get to 77 to battle, that's a lot of points for a first half. You're gonna need a clean ride. You're gonna need both teams hitting shots early. And it's going to be, this is a heavyweight title fight, man. You've got a lot of big dudes on the court, too. There's a lot of size on the floor. I think there will be a feeling out process in the first few minutes of this game, Babano. You know, like I said, I'm looking long and hard at the under in the first half. Here. I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but you know, hopefully we can get maybe 76 and a half even. We'll see where it goes. But that's it's, it's too high. It's just, it's so high. I'll take my chance, Babano. I can't get there.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those games where definitely if you like the over, if you want to take it pre-game, I understand why, but for me, that that is the better option is to see how this game starts. Maybe it does start slow and you can then see this in-game total maybe drop into the low 150s and if it starts really slow, maybe you even get the high 140s in terms of an adjusted in-game total. You know, at some point in the first half, you know, That's definitely something that stuck, sticks in the back of my mind here is that maybe you just wait, see if maybe things start off a little cautious, a little tentative with both of these games. You would think Gonzaga got going to focus on the defensive end at least a little bit to start the game based on the way the UCLA yes, game has exactly. I know for a fact Mark Few and the Gonzaga squad are not going to be happy with the way they played defense in the first half in particular uh, in that game. They were a little bit better defensively in the second half. But that first half to see UCLA just basically get any shot they wanted and shoot the kind of percentage they did, it's not going to sit well with Gonzaga. And you would think there's going to be a concerted effort to improve and shore up that end of the floor from the onset Monday night in the title game.
1: And you you look at Baylor, guys, and Baylor can get after it. Obviously, they have an explosive offense. They scored 78 points against Houston. Uh, they put up 81 against Arkansas, but you know 62 against Villanova, 76 against Wisconsin, 79. So you know what we've seen Gonzaga get into the 80s, you know the lowest 83 and a couple of 90s. We see Baylor, the highest they got to was 81. So it's a good point, but back the race. Number one, Mark fews going to be pissed off, and he's not going. He's going to be happy they survived the game, but defensively they were terrible, right? Like they just the. There were, you know, they were, it was just like a, it was like a leak, man. You know what I mean? They they were getting burnt all over the place defensively. So, you know, Gonzaga are going to tighten things up a lot and be conscious of not getting into. it. They're not going to want to get into a track meet. They're not going to be happy with what they did. And then on the other side of things, if you're Baylor, well, you're good offensively. You also don't want to get into a track meet with Gonzaga. Right? Gonzaga are just a little bit more explosive offensively than you are, so I just think like Baylor, Baylor are going to be the ones that are going to want to slow it down a bit here, Babano. And it, to me, it adds up. Like I said, I'm I'm going to pull the trigger. Well, you know, we'll, you know, we'll give the picks on game time decisions tomorrow, but that first half under to me is really attractive, Babano, because I think both coaches are going to really stress defense. They both know they can score, so both coaches don't have to worry about their offenses. Both coaches have to worry about their defenses here.
4: And it's worth noting, I mean, both of these teams can win either style. They've proven that. That's why they're the two best teams in the country. They've proven they can win lower scoring, slower paced games. Both teams have proven that this year. And both teams have proven if, if things open up, it becomes that track meet. More possessions, more pace, and it becomes more of a transition game. Uh, they can still play well and win games in, in that kind of style of game as well. Baylor's proven that, and obviously Gonzaga, that is even more the Bulldogs game play in that style. So this is one of those games where I think it'll be, you know, the way it starts, you'll see if it starts slow, maybe we'll get it slow for a bit. But if it speeds up, both teams have shown the ability to win in that kind of a style of game. So that's why they're here. They're, they're not stuck in their ways. They're not a team that, hey, if you slow them down, they can't win. Oh, if you speed them up, they can't win. No. They can play both ways. They can have success both ways. And that's why this is going to be such an incredible game to watch. Uh, anything less than a tight game down to the stretch will be disappointing. But uh, there's a reason we're all anticipating this game. They've been outstanding, both of these teams. They're great defensively. They're great offensively. They've got bigs. They've got three-point shooting. They've got defense. They, As I just mentioned, they can win slower-paced games. They can win faster-paced uh, games with more possessions. It's going to be a fun game, and hopefully uh, it delivers as the title game.
1: Ian Cameron kick it with us on the late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am uh, Gabriel Moretzi Countdown to tip off is on, and it's kind of depressing in a sense, but ban that. The tournament's coming to an end. You know, we didn't have the tournament last year, and it was a big blow. Uh, we talked about it earlier, guys, about just how good it was. Like we're like honestly, guys, a lot of years I think we forget. Like the, you know, a lot of times the NCAA tournament is very anticlimactic. There's a lot of blowouts. There's sort of just, you know, there's nothing flashy and not, you know, you don't have any real great matchups. And then the title game will be boring. And this year, man, almost like every day of tournament action was just awesome. We've had so many great storylines, upsets, great basketball played, high level quality of play. And it's been a great tournament. It's depressing. It's coming to an end, battle This is it. It's all over.
4: Yeah, it is. And it seems like this tournament, I say this every year, though, I shouldn't really say that, but every year it seems like it goes by way too fast. And it felt like we just tipped the season off, you know, a few days ago. uh, And it was early November and the season was just getting underway. But yeah, this has been a great tournament. There's no question. There's been a lot of compelling stories. We saw UCLA go from the first four to the final four. We saw Oral Roberts win a couple of games uh, and pull off some big upsets. We've had some thrilling finishes, uh, some uh, down-to-the-wire climaxes. Uh, It's been been a great tournament, no question, start to finish. And this year I figured it would be a tournament with a lot more chaos and a lot more unpredictability because I felt that there was, really outside of Gonzaga and Baylor, who – not surprisingly, are in the title game. Outside of those two teams, you could put everybody else in the same group, same mix, and really be able to get a pretty competitive tournament with one team not really, hands down, far superior than the other. Uh, and that's what's made this tournament such a competitive and really thrilling, captivating event.
1: You know what's amazing, though, and I brought this up a couple of times with Battle, but, you know, as you stated, especially in a pandemic, we've thought, and we've had different formats, more playoff teams, like every sort of Every league is just sort of, you know, had a unique thing. I mean, the NCAA tournament didn't, but my point being, Babano, we all thought, you know, oh, no, who knows what will happen now. You know what I mean? Anything can happen. We're in a pandemic, and, you know, oh, they're playing on a neutral this or that. Yet, ultimately, look at all the leagues, Babano. There really, there's never been, like, no, there's never been, like, an upset yet. You know what I'm saying? We haven't had a surprise. Like, in the look, the L.A. Lakers won. You know, I wasn't like an upset. The Lakers won the title. Tampa Bay Lightning won um, won in in the hub. Um, football, whatever, dude. It was Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Uh, baseball, it was the Dodgers. And here we are now with college basketball. It was the two teams and people that were the favorites, that people thought they were going to get there. So it really is amazing, Babano. And in fact, during the pandemic... The favorites have killed it, actually. <laughs> it's been more predictable and less predictable during the pandemic and all these leagues But, battle. In hindsight, when you look back on it, you
4: know what I mean? Uh, and that's because, again, we've got there's a, there's a separation. There's the, the top teams. There's... The rest of the teams, and a lot of the times we've seen uh, the superior teams end up doing the, uh, uh, you know, just taking command of the games, winning games, covering point spreads, and we've definitely uh, seen that uh, on display. Uh, I, uh, like I say, I'd never thought in a million years that Gonzaga Baylor would become an to the forefront is the championship game Monday night on the heels of one of the best college basketball NCAA tournament games I've seen in a very long time. So they have a very high standard uh, to live up to. But I am sure at the very least, this is going to be a very, very good basketball game. I doubt for a second that either team is going to win this game easily or comfortably. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it translates.
1: The late night anger management class continues. The battle will step back up and in a couple of minutes. We'll hit some blocks. Bring it.
0: Relax. You don't have to actually play these sports. Just know about them. Keep it here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
2: Sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.
3: Sports Grid is available on the radio,
0: internet, TV, satellite, and don't forget our mobile app. So if you're not getting it, you're just not trying, keep it right here. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
1: The Late Night Anger Management class continues. We're into the three-minute warning, Level 2. Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano, will rejoin us a little bit uh, later on. We'll get into some pucks. uh, Just talking about the National Championship game and, of course, the great UCLA and Gonzaga game. And uh, I see here UCLA and Gonzaga and uh, North Carolina versus Villanova are the only two Final Four games since 1985 that featured multiple game-tying or go-ahead shots in the final five seconds. The game uh, this sort of UCLA Gonzaga game guys had 19 lead changes uh, the most um, uh, the most of any tournament game uh, this year just you know high drama as Babano stated it's going to be tough to top uh, yet uh, this is the matchup uh, this 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 is the matchup of the two best teams uh, in college basketball that we've all been waiting for as we stated earlier, you have to wonder now. I don't, they wouldn't have been undefeated because Gonzaga and Baylor would have played each other, right? But you have to wonder. Let's just say let's say that uh, Baylor didn't get COVID and they weren't off for three weeks and, you know, they would have played. Let's say they would have played Gonzaga and they would have beaten them maybe, right? And Gonzaga doesn't have this perfect season. You know, honestly, in the end, I don't think... I don't think Mark Few... Really, like, um, I think now, now he cares about the perfect season uh, because you got to win the championship now. But, you know, I don't think Mark Few's just about winning a championship. So, like, if they would have lost a couple of games and they win the championship, then I think Mark Few wouldn't care. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But now that they've gotten this far, it's either, you know what, they are going to have a perfect season or it's going to be a pretty painful, uh, painful ending. I'm seeing another stat here. ESPN stats and info. NBA teams won by an average of 23.8 points uh, on Saturday. The highest average scoring margin on a date in NBA history. Like the the NBA, and I love the NBA, but the NBA season has been a train wreck. It really has been. I've been saying this all year about the NBA. The scheduling sucks. You got teams playing too many games.
4: Bring it.